Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome back to Bring Home Sandrine, a podcast covering the disappearance of Sandrine Jordan. This is episode 7, Rosette Deconstructed. My name is Graham Crowley. Thank you for listening. This podcast has been created for a mature audience. There is discussion about suicide and death, and listener discretion is advised. The thoughts and opinions in this podcast are mine. In episode 6, you heard the two letters sent to the Jordan family. Thank you to the many, many listeners who emailed and commented on those letters. I have been persuaded by further studying the letter and listener comments. The first name is actually Rosette, not Rosetta. There were many, many suggestions regarding the identity of the author. Male, female, Asian, English was the second language, anger, jealousy, the list went on. But predominantly the opinions were the author was female, English was the second language, angry and jealous. Listener Dale messaged me. Dale made some amazing and well-researched comments in my previous podcasts, Who Killed Leanne Holland and Lucenne's The Singh Family Tragedy. If Dale comments, I do take notice. So what did Dale say about the letters? Quite a lot, actually. More than two pages. I'll give you a few snippets. I should add, Dale qualified, they are not an expert in this field. Just like me. Dale said the writing style is very odd. Full sentences split into multiple lines. No one really writes like that. It is almost like written poetry, with short lines in stanzas or verses. I don't think it was a D that was written under the TT in Bunton. I think it was an O with TT written on top, which would make the name Banoon. I'm inclined to agree. Dale said the Tom is actually a poorly written John. Sadly, Dale, I do not agree with that. Further comments included, I do not think they were written by a man or by someone with mental health issues. The writing is too female, are just not things men would ever say in that way. Dale also made this comment, Graham, as a healthcare professional, I've had the opportunity to read a lot of material written by people with mental health issues, and still do daily. The letter does not appear to be written by someone with a diagnosed mental health issue. I was sure I was going to think Sandrine wrote it too, but now that I've read it a lot, I really doubt she did. Thanks again, Dale. Always appreciate your input. Listener Cat suggested a professor in the Arts and Communications Faculty. I had the pleasure of speaking with Sally Layden this week, 
who offered the name of an expert who could look at the handwriting. Both excellent suggestions. Thank you, ladies. Sally's mother is Marianne Barter. The subject of the podcast, The Lady Vanishes. If you have not listened to it, highly recommended. It opens your mind to the devious lengths criminals can and do go to in pursuit of their goals. In episode 6, there was also the comment made that police considered Sandrine wrote those letters. As a listener correctly pointed out, that was not possible. On the police case, Sandrine committed suicide on 13 July 2012. It is also the belief of the Jordan family Sandrine is deceased and likely met her fate early after her disappearance. Those letters were not received by ex-partner Mick until approximately December 2012. Even if she did write them before her death, which is highly unlikely, someone else had to post them. And who would write Fab Chrissy and New Year 2013 in July or earlier? But perhaps the most significant clues regarding the origins of these letters came from ex-partner Mick and Sandrine's sister, Bernie, who you will hear from later in this episode. This is what Mick had to say when I spoke to him earlier this week. Mick, thanks for your time again today. Yeah, all right. Can I ask, do people call you Michael or do mainly people call you Mick? For as long as I can remember, people call me Mick. The only person that really calls me Michael is my mum. And Sandrine called you Mick? As much as I can remember, yeah. At the time you received those letters, you were living in Caratha, yes? Yep, that is that is right. You've just told me before we started this conversation that the letter was delivered to your post office box. Yeah, it was my post office box, yeah. We didn't get any mail delivered to our address, no. That's pretty weird. Who would yeah. know your P.O. box? I don't think many people. Sandrine, obviously. Yeah, she did know it, yeah. But most of her family wouldn't know it, would they? No, I don't believe so. Yeah. I don't believe so. Most of the correspondence that we had was over the phone Mm. with the rest of her family anyway. Now, you also told me that your wife confirmed that those two letters arrived together. Is that correct? Yeah, that that, that is true, yes. Mick, did Sandrine ever talk to you in French? Not really. I understood a little bit of French, but you'd never have a conversation in French, no. And she never wrote to you in French? No. No. Did Sandrine ever talk to you in the type of language that uh, was in that party invite? No. No. All right. All right, Mick, thanks for your time. That's all I need for the moment. Thanks for your assistance. Yeah, no worries at all, bro. Righto. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. It was always my belief someone very, very close to Sandrine wrote those letters. Mick's comments only reinforce that opinion. Peter, a friend of Sandrine's, found a YouTube channel called Rose Bunton spelt B-U-N-T-T-O-N. That seems more than a coincidence. The YouTube address is www.youtube.com forward slash at rosebunton2836. 
We know the subscriber joined 28 March 2016. We know the short five-second video that can be found on that YouTube channel was created at the end of October 2016. It has one subscriber, and the five-second video stated further videos were to follow, but no further videos were posted on that channel. Does anyone know how to identify the one subscriber to the channel? Of the three men in Sandrine's life, we know one who has a YouTube channel, her friend of more than eight years, Brad, with many, many videos. Perhaps 400 plus videos posted in total. Around half of those videos were created more than 12 years ago. There was then a gap to November 2016 when a further 200-odd videos were posted after that time. Most of the videos are in the range 1 minute to 3 minutes long. At this time, there is nothing to connect the Rose Bunton YouTube site to Brad's videos. Just a coincidence. Now to episode 7. I want to deconstruct those letters to see if we can find clues as to the authors. And again, I welcome the listeners' comments and thoughts. The big letter first. First of all, the address. As you heard Mick say, who would know his post office box? Hi, Michael. Hope you and your children have a fab Chrissy and New Year 2013. As you heard, only his mother calls him Michael. Everyone else uses the term Mick. And there's a squiggly heart with a loop at the bottom. Most unusual. Fab. I believe, is old school, plus also young persons. So I'm undecided on that. And what is with the cross as opposed to and or ampersand? By that I mean, would the author normally write have a fab Chrissy and New Year 2013? But what has actually been written, as you can see from the page, is have a fab Chrissy plus NY 2013. Sandrine must have been a handful, being Frenchy and free spirit, and sex maniac too. Boyfriends galore. Who uses Frenchy? Australians? Certainly not French. Past tense. Does the author know Sandrine is deceased? Or are they referring to Sandrine no longer being with Mick? And there is the plus sign again. And the word galore has been double underlined, which suggests to me emphasising, not approving, maybe disgust. Guess that's why you and WA and she in Queensland with her kabulcha clan. Poor grammar. There's the plus sign again, twice. Clan. The word clan is old school too, yeah? Not heard all that often, although it used to be common back in the day. Sandrine's friend Peter pointed me to a Facebook page styled Clan of the Van, operated by Sandrine's friend Brad. Not significant, more of a coincidence really. Sounds like she had many gentlemen callers and no home too. No wonder the kid's better off. It's so easy to be a good mum if you don't have them 24-7, right? A number of listeners commented on the phrase gentlemen callers. That is so old school, a phrase from the 50s or 60s the writer showing contempt that she did not have a home. And then more poor grammar, capitals out of place, 
The writing does not fill the line. Exclamation mark crossed out and replaced by question mark. Very confusing. And in a different state too. No wonder she went man sex craved, loopy and no responsibility in her. The author's continual comment about sex crazed really offended or perhaps angry with Sandrine. Sex underlined twice, there's the plus again, and the words not occupying the full line. Teenagers are a real drain and challenge. She never had to bother with all that. Only when she felt up to it. Her 17-year-old in Sydney with Granny too just shows she must have had easy life. No pressures for her. More than one listener commented that the with Granny too appeared to be added afterwards, and I'm inclined to agree with that, and the word too double underlined. Or perhaps the author's just telling everyone that he or she knows about Granny in Sydney and one of the children living there. Not having to care for her brood and lets loose in the wild, sex-starved, crazy life in Queensland, in Caboolture too. Wild sex has been placed in capital letters and again commenting about Sandrine's supposed sex life. And care for her brood, really old school. The author obviously claims to know about the Caboolture lifestyle. She must not have had a good father figure. Sylvia remarried too, Mrs J. I believe this is the author hinting that he knows about Sandrine's troubles as a child and being assaulted by her father and also hinting that he or she knows about Sandrine's mother remarrying which is actually incorrect and for some reason he or she felt the need to underline the mother's name Mrs J. Hope you and the kids can move on with your life at last and get back to normal family times. Poor punctuation and grammar YR instead of your, last underlined twice, and there's the plus sign again. What and how does the author know about the family life? Her lifestyle not good for a family. She very selfish woman. Too easy, caring about another man's children, going to motocross with them, and only herself, of course. How did the author know about Sandrine going to the motocross. Would the author remember that specific comment, if it was even in the media, or do they have a personal knowledge of Sandrine's movements on the day she went missing? The truth comes out. She's not a good role model at all. Poor kids. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What was the author referring to? when they said the truth comes out. And again, more examples of poor grammar and punctuation. Of course her family would say she good, 
but deep down it's a lie. The author here clearly hinting that they know Sandrine intimately and angry that the family are maintaining she's good, whereas they appear to know otherwise. These comments are spread over five lines. Properly written, they would have covered one line. Her is underlined, lie is underlined. Anger, disgust, frustration. French free, loving and free spirit wins in the end. She jumps from one man to the next every week. Good luck, honey. Again, the author claiming to know about Sandrine's personal life. How would they know that if they do not know her well? And whereas pages one and two were mostly written on the lines, here the writing is above and below the line. French and free in capitals, and there is the plus sign again. Hope 2013 is the best year ever. Less her problems, hey? The word best is in capitals. The author seems happy he or she will not have to deal with Sandrine's problems anymore. It would suggest the author knows her well. The children should come first always. They are more important than Sandrine Jordan, a man-eater. What to make of that? A comment that should have taken up one and a half lines takes up seven lines. The word always underlined twice. Apparently so much anger. She very promiscuous, sad and selfish woman. Hope WA is full of fun and excitement. Kabulcha is a sex-starved country town full of sex maniacs. And on page three, for some reason, Rosette signs her name with two crosses. Initially I thought it was Rosetta, but now I'm satisfied it is Rosette. And why sign it on page three? Was page four an afterthought? Did the author intend to stop there but decide to continue? And again, this took eight lines to write instead of about two, and more examples of poor grammar and punctuation. And I'm convinced the author knows Sandrine very well. And the word sex underlined twice. I'm madly in lust with Tom. Hope he calls me soon. He has a long, sweet glass of hot Thai chai latte with a dollop of extra thick whipped cold ice cream on top. Mmm, what a man. He gives it to me in his Prado in the woods. He is uber sexy. As you have heard, there is a suggestion Tom is actually John, a suggestion I don't necessarily agree with. And at this point, the author switches from third person to first person. Is the author referring to themselves or Sandrine? And the word Tom or John is with a small T, whereas in many other places, the author uses capitals. The author took 15 lines to write this, with top, T-O-P, in capitals. Prado, Uber and Sexy, all in capitals. Anywho, forget Sandrine. She is a sad memory only. Who uses the word any who? Isn't it any how? Sandrine's friend Peter claims that Sandrine's friend of eight years Brad says any who rather than any how. Perhaps just another coincidence. And you've heard the phrase read out as she is a sad memory only. 
it's possible. What is actually written is, she is a sand memory only. I have placed a photo of that section of the letter on both Facebook pages and would appreciate your comments. It does appear to me to be a sand memory, not a sad memory, which is quite strange and perhaps relevant. There is a photo on the Facebook page of a sand sculpture of a woman with the comment, a sand memory, which does appear to be an odd comment and doesn't have any relevance and significance to this case and to that letter. You must have put up with a lot with her tanties too. The word tanties is underlined twice and further suggestion to me that the author knows Sandrine well and has been frustrated with her mood swings. Thank God you took the children away from her in time. God bless the children at Xmas and all through year. God bless, sweetie. Love from Rosetta Bunton. Time has been underlined twice. God bless is in capitals. More examples of poor grammar and punctuation. And the word sweetie, spelt S-W-E-E-T-Y. I don't know about you, but I spell sweetie S-W-E-E-T-I-E. Sandrine's family have pointed to me to any number of Facebook comments by friend Brad where he uses the term sweetie. And in all instances, except one, they are spelt S-W-E-E-T-Y. And Rosette is, I believe, spelt E, not A. And likely the surname was B-U-N-D-O-N, altered to B-U-N-T-T-O-N. You also heard Sandrine's sister, Bernie, read out the contents of the party invite. I will replay it here to refresh your memory, as it does become important. Plus bonne chance toujours. May only good things come your way, sugar, for you and your children. Sacré bleu. Tu es très gentil et magnifique. Joyeux Noël. Baiser, baiser. Avec l'amour. Toujours l'amour. Chérie Rosette. To Michael, again, not Mick. The word Noël underlined twice. Bessie, Bessie. There's some doubt over this. Bernie described that as kiss, kiss. One listener commented if it was kiss, it would be bisou, bisou. They believe Bessie, Bessie to be a swear word. Perhaps the author meant bisou, bisou, but didn't know the spelling. Lipstick on the page. Apparently the oil and lipstick restricts DNA being harvested. Sacre bleu is spelt B-L-U and is written as two words whereas I understand it is only one word. And as you heard, sacre bleu can be a swear word. You heard Bernie last week talking about that. Here are some further comments from Bernie, which are of interest. not sure whether she definitely used the term sacre bleu. I've never really heard her say that. Um, she said it on occasion, but it wasn't part of her vocabulary. Sacre bleu wasn't part of her vocabulary? Not not often, no. I think okay. I've heard her say it twice in her life, but it wasn't part of what we yeah. almost say on, on a regular basis in French, no. 
Now, you used to go camping at Newham, which is uh, outside Woodford or between Woodford and Kilcoy with Sandrine. Is that right? Yeah, we went camping a few times. That was what we used to do, actually. So we really enjoyed camping. Um, and camping at Newham Creek a, a few times because it was just down the road from our area. And um, it was a lovely little creek to go to. Uh, Sandrine had just bought some canoes for the kids and um, we decided to go and try them out um, at Newham. It was quite uh, tranquil and still. So it was just a perfect camping trip. And I just remember when we got there, the kids were running around with other kids just playing and um, you know, collecting rocks and throwing them in the water and whatnot. And um, Sandrine and Brad were sitting at the campsite. And uh, my husband and I joined and said, uh, said hello and whatnot. And um, when we sat down, um, well, Sandrine was just listening to Brad play the guitar and uh, he was... Um, chanting uh, songs that he'd made up. So, yeah, they were just made-up French words, like um, I think it was along the lines of smelly cat, smelly cat, sacré bleu, and then he would just hum for a little while, stringing to the guitar. And Sandrine had a bit of a giggle, I had a bit of a giggle, and, and then we got on with our day and decided to just go canoeing, which was really such a beautiful day for it. Mm. So Brad was saying sacré bleu. Yes, yeah, yeah. He was using that in his in his song quite a lot, actually, and um, almost um, sort of in in a mocking way, which was um, yeah, which is it was okay, but it wasn't like we. It's not the first time that we've heard French um, mockery towards us, but um, and, and I guess that was just banter, but it was. Um, Do you know anyone else who says the phrase sacre bleu? No, no, no. It's not a word that we you use all the time in French either. There, there are better words out there to describe how you feel and how surprised you are. Yeah, mm. it's not it's not part of the vocabulary ordinarily. So yeah, yeah, I find that surprising. But anyway, I think we get a lot of um, people trying to impress us with their attempt to speak French and. Sometimes it can come across quite rude, but other times it's just banter. So, you know, we've always been the target of broken French, but it is it is pretty unusual for that word to be repeated in the letter, I think, and, and also uh, ch- chasing back my memories and establishing that maybe, you know, Brad did use that word more often than anybody I did know. Mm. Very unusual for sure. He thought that that was one of the French keywords when it's not really a word that we would use um, when we speak fluent French. Can we reach any conclusions here? I believe we can. I'm not aware of any evidence that links the author of the letters to the disappearance of Sandrine. I suspect they are not connected. In one instance, we have a sad, angry individual directing their frustration and anger over Sandrine to relatives for no apparent reason. And on the other, we have one or more killers at work. But we need to get to the bottom of it so we are not wasting time on matters not connected with her disappearance. I believe 
as do many others, the same person wrote the two letters or had the two letters written on their behalf. Someone known to Sandrine, someone very close to Sandrine, someone with intimate knowledge of the Jordan family, someone angry with Sandrine. Brad, do you know who wrote those letters? We need to talk. And a recorded conversation, of course. Message me. That's it for Episode 7, Rosette Deconstructed. And a shout-out to Mamma Mia Podcasts. They interviewed me last week for their weekly podcast, and the episode dropped last Thursday. Mamma Mia broadcast an episode each week dedicated to a different true crime. Sooner or later, the person who knows what happened to Sandrine may find the moral courage to step up. Or more likely, numerous people will come forward with one small piece of the puzzle. Yes, drummers, I would like to hear from you. I think you guys hold the key to this. And to those people who have messaged me privately about other missing women, yes, thanks, acknowledged. There does seem to be some common ground there. At the moment, my focus is on Sandrine, but if anyone has knowledge of other missing women that may be connected to Sandrine, even tenuously, I would love to hear from you. Message me privately on Messenger Line through Facebook or email me at graham5353 at live.com. That's G-R-A-E-M-E, by the way. Please join me again as we follow the evidence trail of what happened to Sandrine. If you follow the podcast, you will be advised when a new episode drops. Please rate and review the podcast for me. The Facebook page is Missing Sandrine Jordan. This podcast was made possible with the awesome assistance of the ACAST Creator Network. Music Inevitable Hope by RKVC. You'll find all my contact details in the show notes at the end of each episode. Thanks for joining me investigating the disappearance of Sandrine Jordan.